standing, I want to get right into the word. Amen. So we have covered a lot today. And little, little did um, the worship uh, leaders today know that a lot of what we sang about is exactly what the lesson is about. I call it lesson, but I, uh, today is actually surgery that's taking place in this house today. Surgery is taking place, so I want you to prepare yourselves to receive. Um, first to submit, and then to receive what it is that the Lord has. Because if we're to be taken, there's so much word that's been spoken over our house. And if we, we need to be ready. So we need to be honest in looking into ourselves um, to really address the issues that we have so that we don't affect anybody else in the wrong way. We need to be healed of our stuff so that we can then go out and heal as well. Okay? Um, so we're going to open up. Just going to move a few things around here. <clears throat> Thank you, my God. So we can open up first to Luke 17. Luke 17. Verses 1 through 6. Thank you, my God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read. And this is from the New King James Version. Then he said to his disciples... It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would have been better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves, which means really watch yourselves. Okay, Watch out for yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and seven times a day returns and, uh, to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if your faith were as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you and glorify you today, my God. As we come into uh, this portion this, this afternoon, my God, I pray, my Lord God, that you just, um, Father, you've already begun to prepare our hearts, my Lord God. Um, we've been uh, in your presence, my God. We are in your presence. We've worshipped you, my Lord God. We know that a lot can happen when we're in your presence, my Lord God. Um, Father, but today we want to go a little deeper my God, because we want to be healed totally, my Lord God. We want to walk in power. We want to walk in authority. We don't want to be swayed by our emotions, by our feelings, my Lord God. We want to stand upright, Lord God. We want to walk in faith, my Lord God. And Father, I ask, my God, that you help me today, Lord God. Bring only what it is that is needed for today, my God. You know the hearts of each and every individual here. You know where the need is. And I pray, my Lord God, that Everyone receives their portion today, my Lord God. You know what they need, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So I had, um, this past weekend, I couldn't find my Bible when I got home. I'm sorry, you can sit down. Am I too loud? (laughs) Um, I couldn't find my Bible, and it turns out that it was taken home by a dear brother and sister by accident. 
Um, so and thank God we have multiple Bibles at home, different Bibles. But in my Bible, I had a little container of mustard seeds. And then we were, when we were um, ordained, we were given a little vial of mustard seed. And if you know mustard seed, you know they're very tiny, right? I, I don't know what I did with it. I'm sorry, but I did have it to show. But they're very, very, very tiny. Um, but that's the, the, the type of faith that the Lord, and if we're looking at this, we, we realize that it was Jesus who spoke those words. It was Jesus who spoke those words. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Um, James, if you could put up the tree, please, the two, the two trees. And I have to remember to stay here centered. <laughs> I want you to look at that tree. Um, one looks really healthy. The other one is not healthy at all. Okay? We see one that's, that's full of life and one that's uh, there. It's got some life um, and it's got the roots. The roots are still there. Um, but it's still standing and it's still, it's still upright. Um, that is what happens to us, okay, um, when we deal with, uh, let's, say, let's say with the, the good tree is our healthy self and the unhealthy tree is our unhealthy self. They both have roots, okay? Um, my, my area of field is um, psychiatry, Okay, so I work with psychiatric patients. I'm a nurse practitioner. Um, but what led me into the field was not that. What led me into the field was um, when we were ordained as, as, um, as deacons. Okay, I was seeing a lot of, of, of um, hurt. I was seeing a lot of illness within the church. And I didn't feel, even though I was a nurse for many years, I didn't feel equipped to deal with that. We're not used to, we weren't used to seeing that within the church. But you know that, that mental illness goes through every walk of life, every socioeconomic status, everyone is affected. And if you were here last Saturday when, when Minister Josie, Pastor Josie from uh, Pastor Santiago's church discussed the statistics of mental illness, it is staggering. Staggering. Okay, staggering. And the greatest areas um, that, that are affected are in the areas of depression. I'm just going to read just one of, the, two, one or two of the statistics. One in every five adults, which is about 43.8 million people, experience mental illness in a year, in a given year. Okay. That's a lot of people. Okay. Another statistic that I have of papers that I have at home, um, more than 50% of college students, college students suffer from depression and anxiety. Depression and anxiety. Okay. And we know that um, in order for us to be healthy, um, when, we, when we talk about being healthy, we talk that... Um, like we could carry out our, our, our life activities without any, any issues, any problem. But the minute that your life activities are affected and you're not able to function, mental illness sets in. People can have mild depression, 
Um, and they can still function. They can still go to work. They can do their things. They do what they have to do. But the minute another stressor comes upon them, another stress comes upon them, they're not able to function. They don't get out of bed. I have patients that don't get out of bed. When they come to me is when they actually take their showers to come to and see me, but it's been like five days. Okay? Um, and they, they're, but they're honest. They're, and I say, because I tell them, if I can't help you, if you can't be honest with me, I can't help you. So, um, so they know that my thing for them is you really have to push yourself to get up every morning, brush your teeth, brush your hair, wash your face, take a shower, and, and you, will feel, you will feel better. And so many of them are finding that. But that's, that's a large amount. That's a large statistic. All right, so um, getting back <laughs> to this here. We agree that, in our, that our society today has an unforgiveness issue. Would you agree with that? We absolutely do. Would it shock you that it exists within the church as well? It shouldn't shock you. Does it shock you? No, absolutely not. Okay? It exists within the church as well. Um, there are a lot of people that could be there that are coming to church right now and um, they're coming faithfully praising, worshiping God, faithful in giving, all right? Um, but they're not experiencing what we just heard Nate, Nate, Nate speak about, that give, being given into our, onto our bosom, okay? Being given into our, onto our bosom, that pressed down, shaken together, running over, you know, reciprocity that we, that we have when we serve the Lord, okay? They're not experiencing that, okay? Many of us today, and I have to say us because we're all affected in some way, shape, or form at some point in our lives, are walking around with a mask, with a facade, and yet there is no peace, there is no joy within us. It's a mask, and if we're honest with ourselves today, remember today is a day of surgery. We need to be honest with ourselves so that God can heal us of our past because that's where everything is. Everything that, all our issues are relational. That's where they started and they're based in the past, but they affect our present. And we have to deal with that in order to be free, to be able to, to function and do what it is that God called us to do. We cannot, we cannot do that. We cannot be what God called us to do if we cannot submit those things to God. Now, we all know that we have to forgive. It's a given. Everyone sitting in each one of these seats knows that we have to forgive. What did God, God what, did, what did, everyone knows the Lord's Prayer, right? Everyone knows the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to recite that together. We're going to say that. We're going to pray that right now, okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you know what you just did? You just gave God permission to treat you the way others treat, the way you treat others. Okay? That's pretty heavy. That's pretty heavy. For God to treat us the way that we, the way that we treat others. Amen? 
So when I go, uh, when I, I spoke about the trees um, earlier, we have the healthy tree and the sick tree. I want to talk to you now a little bit, just a little bit about science. Um, we know that scientists, the majority of scientists do not believe in God because God um, is an unknown. God cannot be tested. God cannot be proved to scientists. But when you deal with quantum physics, those scientists believe in God because they're dealing with the unseen. We know that God is spirit. God is unseen. Amen? Um, so the reason I want to talk about that little piece right now to you is because in quantum physics, when you get to the very minute particles, um, when you bring them together, there's a relationship between those two particles. Okay? There's a relationship between them. Imagine them rolling around each other. All right? Um, and when they're split apart, one could be over there, the other one over there, but when this one is spinning, that one is spinning too. There's no connection between the two. When one is spinning, the other one is spinning. In the body of Christ, what are we connected by? The Spirit of God. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We are connected to one another. We are connected to one another. That's healthy. That's healthy. When, we, when we're into worshiping God, God heals us. We're able to grow. God, God, God manifests himself in our lives. Uh, where we, we, we grow healthy. But what happens when one of those connections is somebody who hurt you in the past? Let me tell you, if someone hurt you in the past and you haven't forgiven them, you're still connected to that person. So as they're moving and they're thinking and they're doing whatever they're doing over there, you're feeling that emotion over here. Soul ties, yes, are real. And quantum physics proves that there's a connection Okay, if you can see two molecules spinning over there and one over there, and when this one spins this way, the other one spins as well, there's a connection with us. Now, the reason that I'm showing you the sick tree is because when we get hurt in our lives, when we have trauma, when we've been hurt, when, we, when we've been bullied, whatever it is that, that, that the pain that you have experienced occurs, it takes root. It takes root. Okay, now those roots develop a, a, a sick pathway. And every time you see that person, you get riled up. That's a root. That's a root of bitterness that's developed. Okay, when you can't see them walk into the room and you, you want to grab them, that's a root that's been developed. And that's deep. Okay, now trauma, we know that trauma, the pathways of trauma... Um, take a, a, like with this memory, memory takes, we know where memory goes in our brain, but when, when it has to do with trauma, it goes deeper and it's hard to really pull that out. And I have to venture to say that we cannot do it without the Lord. We cannot do it without God. We cannot. Okay. So, um, that brings me now to the parable. We all know the parable of the, of the, uh, unmerciful servant. Okay, we know about the servant that was forgiven a, a tremendous debt by the king. But when it came to his turn to also show that grace to another servant, he didn't do it. And what happened? He was placed back in jail so that he could um, pay that debt. Okay, that unforgiving servant 
or ungrateful servant is us. The person that we're not forgiving is a person that hurt us. And of course, a king is God. Okay? Um, in Matthew, I just want to read you, and just so you know, it's, that's found in Matthew 18, 21 through 34, but I want to focus on the verse 28 through 30 of that, that, uh, of that chapter. And it says, This servant's heart and heart made it impossible for him to carry over and share the same forgiveness he received. Okay? Um, God loves us with a perfect love. All right? He gave up his son for us. Jesus went to the cross willingly for us. Willingly for us. And through his sacrifice on the cross, our broken relationship with our father was restored. And what were Jesus' first words on the cross? We just celebrated Easter. It's just a remembrance for us because we, we, we celebrate Jesus every day. Amen? But the first words on his cross, after having been beaten, after having his beard pulled, after having been, oh my God, I, I would have to say tortured because that's what you would, that you would, what you would have to call it for, to, for what he experienced. The words that came out of his mouth were, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If Jesus spoke those words after what he had just experienced, how, how much importance do you think that has to, to our Heavenly Father? It's very important. Forgiveness is very important. Our own nature um, says, you know what? <sighs> It's a sacrifice to give up that anger towards that person that really hurt me. If you only knew what they did to me, if you only knew. And I have to tell you, yeah, it's impossible. Without the Lord, it's impossible to do that. But I don't know if there are any um, people who have not accepted the Lord here. If you have not accepted the Lord, can you raise your hand if you don't know what it is that I'm speaking of? All right? No one has raised their hand. So we all know here what it is that I'm speaking of, all right? Our, 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 the unforgiving um, spirit doesn't want to ever let go of the hurt. It cannot forgive. But that's not what God wants because we're going to go before the Father. He expects, expects us to, be, to, to forgive. So we know we have to do it. We just don't know how. The new nature... In the new nature, um, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have to go to, to God's word to that, so that we can get um, strengthened and confirmation. What does the word of God says in Romans 12? Do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed. Okay? Renew your minds. Do not be conformed to this, to this world. I'm drawing it. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So we have to go to the word of God in order to receive the healing that we so desperately need. And we desperately need. I'm telling you, today, you have to really search yourself. And I'm hoping that by the end that you're able to, to really um, address some of the issues in your life. It's not all going to be taken care of today. Um, and I'm going to discuss that with you as we go further. Okay? We have to make a conscious decision to let go of the hurt. We have to ask him to bring our flesh and our emotions under submission to the spirit of God. We know that 
his spirit and our spirit bears witness that we are his. Amen. We are tripartite. Anyone know what tripartite means when I say that? Body, soul, and spirit. Okay? And the soul is actually the mind part. The soul is the mind is where our emotions and everything are. The, the flesh is um, the basic part of us. That's the one that wants instant gratification all the time. I want it now. And, of course, we have our spirit, which is connected. When we're, re- when we're regenerated, we're, um, we're with our, our Heavenly Father. Amen? So we are here. So his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are his children. So Colossians 3, 12, and 13 says this. Colossians 12, 3, and 13. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing or forbearing, with one another and forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. So we see that there are two aspects, two, two parts to forgiveness. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Forbearing, I hate to tell you this, but forbearing means that you release them totally of everything. No um, desire. I mean, you don't even want, you don't want any kind of payback. You don't even speak about it to anybody else. That is forbearing. Forbearing is to cease all acts of revenge. Even the thought of God will get even with you. That's forbearing. You have to let it go. Learn today, folks. Please receive what it is that I'm telling you today. If you want to be free, listen to what I'm saying. Let it go. Tell your neighbor, let it go. Let it go. Amen. And of course, the forgiving, this entails loving your enemy and praying for them. If we're able to pray for our enemies, everything else is easy. And you'll realize that as God is dealing with you, some, that's a little something that you can take, trick to, uh, take with you now. As you begin to pray for those who hurt you, you are going to realize, oh my God, God is healing me. Because it's hard to pray for somebody who you don't love. And yet, when we find ourselves doing that, that's the work of the Spirit inside of us. Amen? So know that God's desire is that you be healed completely and totally. God does not walk, want you walking around in your past hurts. Okay? So now I'm going to come forward. So again, if, if we're praying, if we're able to pray for our enemies, all the other steps are easy. Now, this is a piece that I really want to get to. Unforgiveness of ourselves. Of ourselves. Okay? It's easy for us to say, yeah, God, yes, for somebody else. But God, for us, it's hard. That's where the facade and the front comes in. Okay? Many of us know how to do church. Amen? Many of us know how to do church. But, again, if we're walking without the peace of God, without that joy, without that total fulfillment, without the power, that's indicating to us that there's a problem, there's an issue that we have to address, that we have to address. So, unforgiveness in ourselves is based in one thing, guilt. Guilt damages our lives. God does not want us to carry around that guilt, 
okay? Guilt creates fear in our lives. Fear that what? That we'll be found out. That we'll be exposed, that we'll be rejected, that someone will retaliate against us, that God is going to judge us. Well, listen, God already knows everything that you did. Nothing that we do is hidden from the Father. He's already seen it all. Okay? So guilt creates fear in our lives, fear that I'll be found out, that I'll be rejected by others, that someone will retaliate for what I've done, and God is going to judge me. So I want to talk about very quickly what it is that we do with our guilt, what God wants us to do with our guilt, and how to be free from that guilt. Because today is surgery, like I said. So, like, you want to know how it is to do it? I'm going to show you the steps on how to do it. We know we have to forgive, okay? So this can be also um, used (laughs) when we're dealing interpersonal. And remember that I said that every problem that we have is relational, is based in a relationship, something that happened between us and someone else. All the problems that we have are relational. It didn't come out of the air. Something happened to us. And that, that, that root, that bad tree, those, those roots took place. Okay? Okay, so um, what do we usually do um, with our guilt? We do three things with our guilt. The first is we bury it. The second is we blame others. And we blame God. The third is we beat ourselves up. So when we bury our problems, you're just basically ignoring it, but it's still there. It's still under the surface. And and that will come out. That will come out. When you are suffering from, um, you you know, you're thinking it's it's gone, it's buried, but it's it's down in there. It's coming out in your sleep. You're not able to sleep at night. Um... You're having headaches. You're suffering from depression. You're suffering from anxiety. It has a root somewhere. All of those things have a root, okay? So it doesn't, it, whatever we try to hide, it doesn't stay in. It's going to come back to haunt us. Psalm, 20, uh, Psalm 32, 3 through 5 says, When I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable. I groaned all day long. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed my sin to you and stopped trying to hide. Stop trying to hide. Psalm 32, 3 through 5. How is it that we bury the past? How is it that we bury it? We minimize it. We make it seem like it's not really... um, it's not really a big deal, but we still can't forget about it. So it's still on our minds, right? So it's a big deal. The second is we rationalize our, our, our you know, we rationalize it. We rationalize our guilt. You know, other people are doing it, so it's okay. I'm going to do it too. Other people, other people are doing it, rationalizing. It's, it's convincing yourself that you're doing something Right, that like you think is right, but in your heart you really know it's wrong. That's rationalizing. And the third is that we compromise. Oh, it's not that bad anymore. I used to think it was bad, but I don't think it's bad anymore. So the way we bury our past is we minimize it, we rationalize, rationalize it, or we compromise it. The 
other way that we deal with our guilt, so remember first we bury it, and those three, minimize, rationalize, and compromise, are on the bury. The second way that we, uh, the second thing that we do with our guilt is we begin to blame others. And that is as old as time. That started in the Garden of Eden. Okay, in this Garden of Eden. When, when Adam and Eve took of that, that fruit, what did he do? He blamed the woman. This woman that you gave me. So in essence, he also blamed God. So we do that sometimes. God, you allowed this to happen. That's why I'm going through this. Okay? But Proverbs 19.3 tells us, people's own foolishness ruins their lives, but in their minds, they blame God. Proverbs 19.3, people's own foolishness ruins their lives, but in their minds, they blame God. So that's number two. So first, we bury it. We blame others. The third is we beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up. We, we, what we're trying to, when we do that, is we're actually subconsciously um, trying to pay for our, our mistake because we feel that's the only way that it can be dealt with. So we beat ourselves up. Um, we're our own worst enemies. All right? So Psalm 38, 4 through 6 says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy, too heavy to bear. I bowed down and, and, and I, I, I am bowed down and brought low. All day long I go around mourning. My guilt has overwhelmed me. What does that sound like to you? My guilt has overwhelmed me. It's too heavy for me to bear. What did I say about my patients that don't want to get up? Depression. Depression. Okay. But the problem, um, wow, the results of a guilty conscience. The guilty conscience, like I mentioned earlier, leads to depression, anxiety, hostility, bitterness, high blood pressure, low immune system, constant colds, heart disease, diabetes, just to name a few. And that's been proven. Many studies, medical studies, done on, on our emotional state and how it affects our health. Okay? But the problem with punishing ourselves is that we don't know when to stop the punishment. We can beat ourselves up all the time. Okay? And I have to actually say that many of us are dealing with things that happen to us as children that we're still carrying today. And what happens to us is that when, um, when that happens to us, when we get, uh, have a trauma, when we get hurt, um, emotionally, that's where we stay with that hurt. We, we, our bodies grow, but emotionally, you're still at that place. So when you are, are when any, any similar infractions come against you, you're going to revert to that little girl to that little boy and how you dealt with it at that time, which wasn't very good. It's, it's hard to deal with that trauma as children. You don't know how to do it. Amen? Okay, so even though we can be here in church and be in ministry, if you've been traumatized and you haven't dealt with it, if you haven't given it to the Lord, 
whenever someone comes up against you, you're reverting back to that little girl, that little boy that wants their way or their hurt, they want to protect themselves. That's what happens. So we become um, an immature part of us, and God cannot deal with us and work with us that way, right? We have to become mature, all right? So to recap, um, the way we deal with guilt, we try to bury it, we blame others, we beat ourselves up. Now, how is it that God wants us to deal with our guilt? And it's very simple. We have to admit it. We have to come out of denial and admit it. There is no way that God can deal with a sin, and I'm going to call it sin now, unless we confess that thing. Okay? That thing has got to be exposed. So we have to admit what it is first. That's how God initially wants us to deal with our guilt. First John 1 John 1.8 1 John 1.8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Okay? The truth is not in us. In us. So what, what am I pretending is not a problem in my life? That's what you say. What am I pretending is not a problem and issue in my life? Okay? And um, there was one uh, speaker that wrote this, and every year he makes a, a personal um, inventory, and I think we need to do that for ourselves. Every year we have to look um, and ask ourselves, you know, God, have a list for you and God. God, how is it? Uh, show me the problems that I have. Uh, show me my mistakes, my failures, the difficulty, the wrong attitudes that I have with you. Start with you and God first. Be honest. Get a piece of paper. and You don't have to wait till the new year. You can do that today when you get home. Take a piece of paper and, and start jotting down. And sit, sit, sit in the presence of the Lord. Sit quietly and have, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you those things that are hindering you and God. But be open to the Spirit revealing that to you. The Spirit of God wants to heal you. He, uh, God wants to heal. So let him reveal that thing to you. Whatever you write down, jot it down. Whatever he shows you, jot it down. Then you're going to have another piece of paper. And you're going to do that for everybody else. So this is the one with God, you and God. This is uh, me with my family, with my husband, with my brothers, my sisters, my coworkers, um, my sisters in church, my brothers in church, whatever it is. That's going to go on that other piece of paper. When you put that down on paper, okay, it's not just up here anymore. Now it's become real. And when, it become, when you're putting it down on paper and you're seeing it, you've, you've actually moved it from one part of your brain to another. And when it comes out of, when, to, when, it's, when something is revealed to you, I tell my patients, when, when you, your problem is revealed, when that anxiety, the basis of that, that anxiety is revealed to you, then you can address it. Then it has no more power over you. It has no more power over you. So you have to put that thing on paper to reveal that thing so that you can address it. What's the second thing? So first we have to admit it. We have to get out of denial about it, okay? The second thing is accept responsibility. Accept responsibility. Accept responsibility. Um, in the story of David and Bathsheba, we know that story, right? David and Bathsheba. Um, 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, we see that David... Um, 
lusted after a married woman, took her, committed adultery. She got pregnant. He killed her husband. He had a sense of the front. He was killed. All right? Um, but God dealt with him. Because when the, when the prophet came to him, the prophet revealed to him through, uh, through a parable, like, you know, what would you do in this situation? And realize that he was the person that had caused that infraction uh, against a brother, a neighbor. All right? So, um, so that's an example of, of uh, David. In, then in Psalm 51, it shows us David's inventory, which is the, what I showed you with the papers, the two pieces of papers, one with you and God and one with, one with you and other people. So David in, in Psalm 51 talks about the things that he did wrong, and he put the blame totally on himself. He didn't blame Bathsheba. Put it totally on himself. And in verse 3, chapter 51, verse 3, he says, I recognize my faults, and I am conscious of my sins. Now, this other piece um, that I'm going to tell you is going to be a little difficult for some of you. What is the best way to ensure that you've taken responsibility for the things you've done in your life. Many of us struggle with a lot of things. And we come before the Lord over and over and over again for an issue that we carry. For an issue. It could be a, a, a secret sin that we have. And we bring it to God over and over and over again. And in a few minutes, I'm going to let you know how it is that God deals with us. But um, if you just want forgiveness for that sin, you're going to take it to God. And we know that God will forgive us. But if you want freedom from the emotions, the guilt connected to that, you have to admit that to one other person. That's hard. Admit the worst me to somebody else. Why do I ask that? Why do I say that? It loses its power over you. Sometimes, um, for, for I want the ministers to please stand up. The ministers in the house. The elders. The Baezes, stand up please. Marcela, stand up, please. David and Dori. Now, um, the people that are not here, they're in the back, are Brenda and Nate. Of course, we're missing Tony and Belinda and, of course, uh, Minister Brendan. Um, if you don't have somebody, if you don't have someone that you trust to share that thing with, this is who you're going to go to. Because what, what we will do with you is pray with you about that thing. But understand that once you expose something, it loses its power over you. So that when those emotions, that guilt trip comes back from the enemy, you can say, no, I already gave that to God. I laid that at the foot of the cross. It has no more authority over me. So what you, when you are uh, talking to a minister of this house, 
a leader of this house, what you're basically saying, you're, you're becoming accountable. You're showing an accountability because they know, they know, but it's not for them to judge you. It's for them to pray with you, to stand with you so that you can have freedom from that thing that has been keeping you bound for so long. Freedom from the past. Freedom from the past. Ministers, you can sit. Amen. These are trusted people. Okay, the biases have in their home, they're doing, they, they, have a, a, they have a cell group in their house. They're going to have broken people going to their home. These people are going to be uh, uh, giving you, t- telling you things that you need to be able to address immediately through prayer. Okay, but we're going to have people coming through these doors that are broken. Okay, that are broken. Here we, we have the Lord. The Lord has been dealing with us. But we're going to have people coming into this house that are truly broken And in so much pain, we have to be able to deal with them. But we have to be ready. We have to be ready ourselves emotionally to be able to do that. Spiritually to be able to do that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And just to show you um, the confirmation of what I just did. James 5.16 says, James 5.16, admit your faults to one another. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. So that you may be healed. healed. If you want to get rid of the root of that problem, you need to admit that to somebody else. If you just want God to forgive you, then just take it to God. But if you're constantly, you've been battling with this. You've been battling with this. You need to admit that to one person to be totally free from that. Okay? I'm only as sick as my secrets. I'm only as sick as my secrets. But once we expose that, again, it has no more authority over us. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Amen? So the third thing we do, so again, what does, what does God want us to do? First, admit it. Second, accept responsibility. The third thing we do is ask God for forgiveness. That simple. Ask God for forgiveness. And I don't mean to to beg him. Oh, God, please, 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 God, if please, God, just do this for me. We don't need to bribe him. We don't need to bribe him. God, if you do this for me, I'm going to do that for you. We don't have to bargain with God. We just have to ask him. John, 1 John 1.19 tells us, if we freely admit that we have sinned, we find God utterly reliable. He forgives our sins and makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. In the King James Version, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we have to do is ask. He's more than willing. He's more than willing. Amen. Romans twenty Romans three, twenty three to twenty four. All of us have sinned, yet God declares us not guilty if we trust in Jesus Christ, who is mercy, who in mercy freely takes away our sins. 
mercy freely. It, and it's interesting that today we had the Santa Cena, we had the, the communion today. Um, because all of this has to do with that. I mean, Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all. He did it all for us. Okay. Hallelujah. So if you have said, you know, I already took it to God, Liz, and I just don't feel. Look what I found. Ah. <laughs> Finally found them. The mustard seeds. Um, you know, I really don't feel that God has forgiven me, so I'm going to continue to ask him. And if you, you don't have to do that because once you've done all the steps, you've admitted your sin, your sexual responsibility, and you've got forgive, forgiveness, he, he's, he's going to forgive you. Okay? What does God do with our forgiveness? When we go to God, first of all, what happens? When we go to God, um, say, God, please forgive me, what does Jesus do? Jesus intercedes for us constantly. He's always interceding for us. So he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So we receive our, our forgiveness immediately. God forgives us immediately. There's no delay. Feeling guilty about what we've done in the past does not make you a better person. So if you're carrying around guilt, that doesn't make you a better person. You're just carrying around your guilt. It's not natural. It will make you physically sick, like I explained. Okay? Illness bodily because everything that that we have emotionally it, it shows itself in the physical okay god does not want that for us he forgives us completely he is quick and merciful to forgive us quick and merciful when jesus died on the cross every sin that we could ever do has already been covered okay but when we're coming to God for forgiveness about something, it's because of what we've done in the past. But daily, we have to come to God. Because we're not, we're imperfect beings, okay? So daily, we've got to come to God to say, God, cleanse me in the blood of Jesus. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive my thoughts. Every day, we have to come before, before the Father and ask that, okay? All right, so he forgives us instantly he forgives us completely he forgives us repeatedly and he forgives us freely god never wants us to forget what it costs for jesus to give his life for us and what we did today signified that okay we we remembered his sacrifice for us on the cross of calvary but I want to tell you, everything was done already on that cross. It was already done. There's nothing more that you need to do. You don't need to continue crucifying yourself because he already did it. He crucified himself so that we don't have to crucify ourselves. Amen? He paid the price and it is finished. Amen? Amen. <laughs>